Hello and welcome back to After the Siren. I am your host, Nisha Hapel. And I am her wonderful co-host, as always, Jarvis. Welcome back, Jarvis. Thank you. It's, I'm uh, glad good, to be back. Yeah, you know, it's good to be here I'm for really episode glad. five. Who would have thought we'd make it this far? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you have a lot of confidence in us. Um, but yeah, I mean, episode five, it's a, it's a quite, you know, halfway to ten. What's that, like a fifth away to a hundred? So... We're, we're getting there slowly. It's not a fifth of the way to 100. Is it not? 20 is a fifth of the way is to it? 100. Oh, well, there you go. Maths with Jarvis. Oh, I meant 5% to 100. <laughs> That's what I actually meant. I meant one. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay, okay. okay. I meant, I, We've I got meant a maths a... genius in our presence, everybody. Wow. Um, okay. But yes, episode five. And we are so excited to keep bringing you content every week. And we're so thankful for everyone that has listened in so far. Yes. Now, how have you been? I've been all right. It's been, um, I don't know, I've been a bit decent week. I'm just trying to think what happened during this week. I've, I haven't. Yeah, blinked another, it's another wrestling show on friday yes another wrestling show on friday that was not too bad um a bit of fun there beat up a dude and lost again as we'd always um <laughs> he always loses when i go to watch yeah that's the she's the jinx I um the jinx. but yeah i'm trying to even think what i did this week i think it was just work and yeah work relaxing and, before we go back to uni yeah that's pretty much it I, I honestly can't remember anything else that happened. How about you? How's your week been? <laughs> um, my week was interesting. As I said last week, I was a bit sick and uh, I recovered from that sickness. And then I thought I hit the gym and now I can barely walk after taking some time out of the gym. So just the usual complaints oh, you know, in the life of nature. But uh, yeah, we, we perceive and we, we perceive, we persevere is what I meant to say. We push uh, a, on. AP word. <laughs> definitely a p word okay um anyway we've got some exciting things to discuss yes. obviously we had our first lot of practice matches from the men's and we had indigenous round for the women so lots going on in the world of afl yes but before we go into any of that i said last week when we got to our tips um and if you don't listen to the end of the podcast you miss out on our tips for the next round of um, the AFL um, Women's League at the moment. Um, yep. Obviously, in the Men's League, we'll do that when that gets here. Um, but I have come back, listened to all the podcasts, only the tips. I didn't listen to the whole thing. <laughs> but I listened to uh, the tips again, and I got our tips. I also have written down a couple of the other matches that got switched up because of COVID. It actually didn't even happen that much after round two. Yeah, it was um, the first few rounds. Yeah, it was only round three and round four. Uh, so round one and round two, I think they got changed. Also didn't realize we didn't do tips for round one because we started the podcast after round one. Yeah, no, I knew that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, so how do you think you've gone so far, Nish, in your tipping? I'm not super confident. Like we have kind of discussed, I think that um, sometimes we switch around to make it a bit more interesting and we kind of sacrifice a team that we think might win if, if it might be a close game. But um yeah, I think sometimes when we've split the difference, I've gone the losing side, unfortunately. So you say this, but um, I'll start off with round two. Only three matches out of the nine actually went through that week. Uh, so there's only... Seven matches. Seven matches. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Seven matches, not nine. Um, so out of the seven matches, only three went through. Yeah. And I was stupid enough from the North St. Kilda game to go, oh, you know what? I won't go with North because we're both going for North. I'll go with St. Kilda. Mm. if I didn't do that, I would have gotten the perfect round two round with the matches that did go through. Mm. So for the first 
for the second round of yes. our first round of our tips, um, it's even two to a piece. Yeah. Third round came around. We both lost uh, two of the uh, tips. You went with the Suns instead of the Giants, um, I, and we both lost on North. And then I didn't go Frio instead of Crows. So what's that? We're at five a piece. So that's two in the first round, in the second round, and five in the third round. Yes, that is correct. All right, so we're on seven apiece. Okay, so we're on to round four now. Round four, we both got you got three wrong. I got one wrong. <laughs> right, we it was the only. I actually got two wrong. So I went with cats at the start instead of St Kilda. So I choice. got three wrong. You got two wrong. I got two wrong. So you're ahead by one. One point. Round five, you got three wrong again. I also got three wrong. Ended up our final totals after round five, 12 points to Nisha, 14 points to Jarvis. I am ahead by two, I believe. Wait, did I do that wrong? I think you did that wrong. <gasps> I think you're only one point ahead of me. But we will confirm this. No, later. sorry. You got four wrong in round five. Oh, okay. Then That's right. where it went wrong. Sorry. I was right. Yes. So 12, 14. It's a lot closer than you actually think it is, but that is the tipping league at the moment. Awesome. Well, I feel a comeback coming on and I will no longer change my tip to um, make it different and I interesting. Think, think I'm going to go with the team who's going to win. I which... think that's the same for me. I'm, not, I'm only going with the teams who wins. It's gotten competitive now. Yeah, we're really feeling a bit of a fire. Um, so moving on from our tips and we're going into our top footy moments. And I'll kick this one off just because I have a fantastic top footy moment to come from Indigenous Round and it came from none other than the Lions Courtney Hodder and she managed to kick an extraordinary Mm. banana from the boundary line against Frio first goal of the game and it was just the perfect kickoff for them in Indigenous Round wearing a jumper that she helped design Mm. and it was just a very wholesome happy top moment for me and I think that um, she should definitely be um, honoured for that impressive, impressive goal around the corner. So um, take my hat off to her. I could never kick a, kick it like that. But, no, uh, I don't think either of us could kick it I like that. I think it's interesting to see the girls have started to improve their kicking from all angles and uh, can't wait to see more of that in AFLW. Yes, obviously the banana is the most accurate from that point. Everyone's gone away from the drop kick and it's always the banana. So it was yeah. a great goal from her. Um, On to my top 40 moment yes, of the week. Tell starts. Me more. Starts at the start of the round, of round five, and I'm going with uh, Courtney Wakefield. I think she had a tremendous game. She did in the uh, in the Tigers' historic first win in AFLW. Yeah, exactly. I think she was a key player into into uh, winning that round. Um, she kicked two goals. She had a tremendous mark on the ba- on the goal line. The goal line, yeah. Like stood her ground completely. Just had that ready to go. Um, any other player I think would have fell over and put it for a point. Yeah, I think I think it was a little bit on the Geelong defense to get that one over the line and touch it through, but uh, strong hands from her. Exactly it. So yeah, that's my top footy moment of the week. She's an absolute star and a tremendous forward. Yeah, big shout out to the girls playing for Richmond, finally getting that first win, and they, you know, they absolutely smashed the Cats. Who yes. yeah, are really struggling along this this year. They just seemed to have no structure, as you said, when we're watching the game. Yeah, they didn't seem to have a lot going on down back in terms of structure. All right, we have got our top news stories. Yes, I think one of the biggest top news stories to come out of this week is uh, Bruce McAvaney, 
stepping back from the AFL commentary team. Yeah, now this one kind of came as a shock, you know, you'd think that most people would announce a retirement from a sport at the end of the season, not on the eve of the season, as we know we're under three weeks away from round one. I cannot wait. Um, What do you mean? We're already in this football season, baby. No, I'm talking about the men. I'm talking about the others. (laughs) but yeah, so I found it interesting that he came out at this time and chose to make that announcement. But um, obviously, he's still heavily involved in the Olympics, hoping that that goes ahead this year. He'll be on that commentary team, and he also is still going to be a part of the races commentary team. Yeah, and he also said, I think anything that Seven might offer him, he'll more than happy to do. I think he just said that his career has gone to a point where he needs to take a bit of a step back mm. and a lighter workload and considering AFL is for quite a few months and you have to travel quite a lot sometimes, obviously yeah. maybe not at the moment due to COVID, but um, you know, taking a step back and having some time yeah. to yourself, especially when he is approaching his 70s. He is 67 at the yes. moment. And um, he did also start his AFL commentary back in 1989, according to my research. He was involved in some Channel 10 commentary prior to that um but when he joined channel 7 in 1989 is when he really became known as an afl commentator working alongside of the likes of dennis committee and um yeah he's really been at the front of free-to-air footy coverage from then on i mean as kids we would hear his voice so it's kind of a it's going to be a weird sight not hearing his voice commentating the big games i can still hear and it's not just because i watched the replay this morning because you know all the clubs were honoring bruce and playing little snippets but i can always hear the 2013 um final against richmond carlton richmond where jeff garlett was streaming in and he's just going it's an amigo it's an amigo that's gonna finish it off and i i'll never forget that i think people have these memories of things commentators say commentators say and it really adds to the moment and yeah um, exactly when just when they have the excitement you know it's it's going to be a sad day uh, knowing that he won't be there to commentate the first round. Mm, but it's but also opening the, the, the way for new names to come yeah, through exactly and new yeah. memories to be made. And, um, you know, in in all of his efforts, he commentated over a 1,000 AFL games and 20 of those being AFL Grand Finals. So he's definitely not leaving, I guess, any stone unturned when it comes to AFL commentary. He really has done it all. And, um, yeah. yeah. He's marked in the history books. I don't think he'll be able to go back and not watch a game and not hear his voice sometimes so yeah definitely um on to our second story and this one takes a little bit of a sad turn um never want to hear those three letters acl and we've heard it oh too many times this round well not even this round just this week in general yeah um do you want to start with the rookie rookie aaron from melbourne i know you don't want to say his last name name. and i will apologize in advance um aaron nietzsche he is a young player from melbourne and he has unfortunately just torn his acl for a third time in his very very short career now he has yet to play an afl game and he is being put on the rookie list just this season due to his ACLs. Melbourne yep. obviously hoping they can rehabilitate him and get him back playing fit. And right when he's almost ready to come back, it's gone again. And um, you've heard those players that have had the ACL six, seven times. Alex Johnson is the key example for that. He was on Sydney's list for many years and then he's actually down now playing for 
uh, Carlton's VFL side. Mm. He's a, a player coach there, um, but he just couldn't hold up at that level. And you'd hate to think that that is the case with this young man. Yeah. Now, along with that, we also had three members of the AFLW. So do you want to walk us through some of them? Yeah. So we'll go through. It's starting at um, the Geelong Richmond game uh, with midfielder uh, Oliver Purcell. Olivia. Ruff- Olivia? What did I say? Oliver. Oliver. Ooh, my bad. <laughs> Olivia Purcell um, suffering a raptured ACL. I believe it was in the second quarter. Um, she went for a kick, got tackled by a Richmond player and just landed a bit awkwardly, awkwardly. on her left and leg. And that classic ACL movement, the, the left knee caved in. Now a little bit about Olivia. She is actually uh, a reigning best and fairest player from Geelong. And knowing that they've been struggling so far this season, that is just another, I guess, nail in the coffin of their season. There's no coming back after, after the five losses. Yeah. And you have the feeling it might be a pretty tough end to the season they do still have a lot of talent on their list no doubt rocky Mm. cranston phoebe mcwilliams some big tall forwards but they have really struggled with i guess composure and olivia was one of those players that uh really helped them out in that department um and then we also had a member of collingwood's yeah so uh jordan memory uh in the third quarter just to the end of the third quarter uh, was going for a tackle against a Melbourne player, and as she went around grabbing the jumper, she just kind of awkwardly twisted her ankle, um, twisted her leg, sorry, not her ankle, probably her ankle mm. as well, just kind of tweaking it. It's, it's nothing too serious when you look at it on paper. When you slow it down, though, you can see that kind of jolting. Yeah. You can see and where the ACL can rupture. With these ACLs, it is just an innocuous movement sometimes it can look like nothing and and they just go down clutching their knee now um jordan is one of collingham's top goal scorers so that's another Mm. really valuable member of a side gone for a whole season and especially when collingwood are on the roll at the moment that they are Mm. it's a bit bit not not ideal not the greatest i can't propose my words they'll probably a team that that goes deep into finals and you'd obviously want all your top players there and unfortunately she's knocked out and now, the final ACL, this one will probably hit a little bit close to home hit. for you. And honestly, this one was really, really hard to watch. Just the emotion yeah. from Deanna Berry, D. Berry, um, from the Bulldogs. And she went down in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and she was uh, chasing after the ball or chasing after one of the uh, opposition players. Yes. And um, it just, it looked like a bit of a, tw- like, it looked like she just landed on it and the jolt of kind of the movement of her landing with um i think it was her right foot yeah. kind of just went through her whole entire leg and yeah. just she crumbled straight away when she yeah. felt that crumbled grabbed the knee and uh, was taken off by the medical team um sucks for all three of these um women as well as uh aaron from melbourne obviously you don't want to hear about acls they're the worst to have especially yeah. when you have to the, go through the recovery multiple times. time is ridiculous yes. and i know early on in aflw we had a lot of acl injuries particularly because of simply the way that women are biologically built we have yep. larger hips and our bones at the top of our legs they angle inwards and obviously that inward pressure is what causes the ACL to tear so the girls have really been you know put on programs that help them strengthen their knees and you know counteract that I guess biological position of their legs and um, when they go down you just know that they've put so much work into this not happening and and it's just you know almost double as sad as any other time so 
Hopefully they come back next year. Yeah, a best bit more of healthy. Luck. Best of luck to all of those players, and hopefully we don't hear those words or those letters ACL too many more times. But I feel like um, it will be inevitable, and we will it's hear inevitable. it a few more injuries, times. <laughs> injuries happen, but you know, hopefully these girls at least throughout the end of their season can get through the last four rounds and yeah. through finals. We want to see the best players playing and not sitting the sidelines. All right. So um, this week came to the practice matches for majority of the men's AFL teams. Um, when I mean majority, I mean all. Obviously, all yep. of them did play. <laughs> um, so I'll quickly do a run-through. It's just going to be a quick recap. We're not going to dwell on it too much. Um, Nisha will give her opinions uh, about practice matches in general in just a second, but I'll go through a bit of a run-through. Um, the Hawthorne beat the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Carlton beat Essendon. North Melbourne lost against St. Kilda. Um, Melbourne uh, defeated Richmond, Geelong defeated Collingwood, uh, Port Adelaide defeated uh, Adelaide, <laughs> Adelaide Crows, uh, GWS drew with Sydney, Fremantle defeated West Coast, uh, and Brisbane defeated Gold Coast Suns. So Niche, tell me a little bit more about the practice matches, your thoughts on them. Um, obviously, this is just a time for teams to um, experiment with their tw- 22 um, to have uh, some of their younger guns have a bit of a play out on the field with maybe some of their experienced players. Um, so give me your thoughts on this kind of round of practice matches. Um, so practice matches, you can get more of a glimpse uh, at the individual as opposed to the team. Um, the team that they put forward for a practice match is most likely not going to be the 22 that line up in round one. You definitely want to give your younger players, your new draft picks, your new recruits um, some time out on the field. And um, one, just to show the fans, generate some excitement. Um, definitely as a cult supporter watching Adam Saad perfectly hit Patrick Cripps at the top of the square, oh, lace out, kick. beautiful kick, generates a lot of excitement. So that sort of thing. Um, that being said, uh, players like um, Danaher, Sardin Williams um, did really perform. So that's definitely something that those clubs can take away. Um, yeah, but for the most part, you, you don't read too much into the scores, which is why we didn't spend a lot of time, you know, analysing each of these. Um but you definitely uh, need to look at um, structures and it just gives coaches a chance to have some vision that's not uh, from an intra-club game. Mm. Um, and also the, the other benefit of a practice match is they actually allow you to have a few extra players in yeah. through rotation and the coach can use them however they want. They can have extra players as rotations or they can just chuck a few players in at the last quarter and put a few players on ice that don't want to carry out the full game. Um, So obviously um, the uh, Amy community series is about to commence on Thursday. I believe the first game is Carlton St Kilda at Icon Park. Um, And that one you'll be able to view on uh, KO if you have KO, Foxtel, um, I'm not, not sponsored, sure if... not sponsored, not sponsored, not sponsored. <laughs> we're not sponsored by any of these. No, we're not. Yeah, so um, it's but yeah, be... that one's on, on, on TV and you'll be able to tune in, whereas these uh, practice matches, I guess, have all just been live streamed through the clubs. So Yeah, so if you wanted to catch any of those practice matches, they were through the club membership, I believe. Um, and then, yeah, just quickly running through the fixture for the community series, it's going to be Carlton versus St. Kilda on Thursday, um, Collingwood versus Richmond on Friday, um, on Saturday, you have North Melbourne versus Hawthorne, um, Cats versus Essendon 
uh, on Sunday, you have the GWS Giants versus Sydney Swans, Adelaide Crows versus Port Adelaide, West Coast versus Fremantle, and then on Monday, you have the Dogs versus Melbourne, and the Gold Coast Suns versus Brisbane Lions. Obviously, because of COVID, they're going to keep um, states within states. That's why you're seeing the Suns versus Lions, um, West Coast versus Fremantle, Adelaide versus Adelaide, yeah. uh, Port, Port Adelaide versus Adelaide Crows. No just so they don't have to travel. Exactly. No unnecessary travel. No one to put um, any risk inside the COVID era that we're in at the moment. So, yeah, I think that wraps up our little mm. news stories at the moment. Definitely something to keep an eye out for and look forward to. Um, but we will carry on with some discussions about some controversial rule changes. changes. Jinx, you owe me a soda. <laughs> So, um, through these practice matches that we've seen over the past week, um, a new rule has been implemented um, for the standing on the mark. And it's not moving on the mark now, it is standing on the mark. yeah. If you were to move um, even a centimetre off the mark um, after a free kick or a mark itself, the player is rewarded a 50 metre penalty, pretty much almost guaranteeing some sort of advantage slash goal of sorts yeah what is your initial thoughts on this niche um well i've just been perusing the uh live google and uh some of the comments that i found really straight to the point is that fans will lose their minds yes and i think some of us already are yes for the fact that the way we've seen it be paid is on one occasion in the Carlton match that I watched, um, Ed Kerno was moving backwards onto what he thought the mark was and he got pulled up and a 50-metre penalty was awarded to Essendon. Yeah. And then you saw Bontempelli take a couple steps sideways, I think. it was I sideways, think, yes. But it wasn't forward and he was... Um, the penalty was awarded to yeah. the opposite team. Even, um, sorry to cut you off, even the uh, Fremantle-Eagles game, there's, um, I think, a- a 7 AFL posted on Twitter. The Fremantle person, I'm not sure who it is because the vision is quite blurry, was almost just, like, standing back and relaxing, going like, oh, really, is that a free kick kind of pacing like a little bit back and forth and a free kick, uh, the 50-meter penalty was rewarded there. So, so it wasn't even yeah. intentional. He was just kind of walking aimlessly (laughs) it's a very big penalty for a very small crime you'd think and yes i think that it is you know i hate to use the words of the infamous cane corns but uh unnecessary is the word that i think of because you've got your protected area and you've got the rule that if the player steps over the mark, it's 50 metres. Mm. So what's the matter with a player moving exactly sideways or jumping even on the mark? You know, yeah. now it's literally feet planted. You can wave your arms and that's about it. And it's just, it seems like something you'd implement in like children's Yeah, in like a junior side. To like just be really you know, to the point with what on the mark means. Exactly. Kind of feels like netball where they're like three feet and you have to slide back and check your three feet and then yeah. you put your hands up. So to me, um, 
I completely agree that fans are not going to be on board with this you one. Can, if, when, if fans are allowed back, which I think is still currently going to be the case in round yes. one, you can... <laughs> Sorry, can't wait. Can went, you tell? Um, you can already hear the boos the second that is rewarded unfairly, um, which is going to be 99% of the time, I think, mm. if unless umpires are actually smart about it and that's going to be the case yeah you have to be a little bit i guess compassionate when awarding this free yeah. kick and acknowledge if a player is moving backwards onto what they think the mark is or if they're i don't know like you just have to read the moment and and award it accordingly but i honestly can't think of a moment where this free kick should really be put into practice. Yeah, I, it's kind of a hard one. I mean, like, maybe if you wanted to implement this, maybe instead of 50 metres, you do, like, a 25 metres. Yeah, I or think that would get too Like, a 30 metres. I don't know. Like, if you wanted a round number, mm. go 30, maybe. Now, but they say you... this is to allow the player in possession of the ball to run around and play on. Yeah. Now, that confuses me because when the player steps off the mark, that means play on. So as soon as a player runs sideways, the man on the mark should be allowed to run sideways. Is it the case? Well, I, I, I don't think it's been fully fleshed out, to our knowledge at least, if, like, what the goal is there. Is it like, a, like you know, you have to wait maybe three or four seconds until, well, until that the umpire calls play on. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's what it is, until yeah. the umpire calls play on. So is the player going to be straight away once the person comes off the mark and starts running around? Like, mm. where's the play on going to go from there? I guess we're just going to have to wait and see yeah. when we see the games itself. We've seen the AFL change rules in the past and at the time we've thought, oh, not sure about that one. Yeah. And then it's kind of made a bit more sense as, as it gets, I guess, adopted into the play. For example, the third man up rule in the ruck. So mm. you took that away out of the game and it just makes for a much more I guess competitive ruck battle between the two actual rucks yeah and then you've got the rule that is you know the player playing on from the goal square after a point's been scored doesn't have to kick the ball back to themselves now they can just run straight out and that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, yeah, you, you know, it's you don't need to kick the ball movement. to yourself to play on in any normal situation. Um, and that was just something that had come into the game somewhere along the line and, and uh, got rid of, you got know. rid of. And it makes sense. But this one, I still, even after watching it in a few practice matches, I cannot wrap my head around. Yeah, it's going to be confusing. It's going to be, I guess, players are going to be have to be really strict with themselves. And that's the thing, because you've had so much time doing the you know the second they've run at you you go and even with you were talking about before the timing of jumping um you know you can't jump anymore you have to have your feet planted on the ground Mm. the jumping to try to smother a kick if they're going straight over your head is a very timely thing especially Mm. in the men's side you know nine times out of ten they're going to kick over your head so to not be able to jump is like a very weird specific rule because that's such a big skill gap to time it correctly to smother the ball when yeah. it's going over your head so yeah you'd think the player would have to miss kick it completely yeah. into you for a proper smother and uh, yeah. i yeah i'm like lost for words i just don't know why the afl really thought this one would be super important to bring into the game hey listen you need to shake things up in football sometimes so here you go yeah, here's your shake the up. game's been around for 
over 150 years. Do, do we really need to be changing rules every single season? Well, probably not, but it makes teams adapt to different things. You know, maybe this will give maybe less experienced teams or teams that are rebuilding a bit of gap and maybe a bit more time if but you know, why are we trying to help those teams why to make an even contest I don't know, i'm being devil's advocate here, to have an even contest maybe to keep the the scores a bit more interesting to keep the game a bit more flowing it could but be if a, a big team possibility is not there and they're in a developing station that's just it they're in a developing stage yeah. they're not Hey, don't yell at me. Pity. I'm just being devil's advocate right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're not needing pity from the AFL to say, hmm, let's change the, the rules to, to suit an Adelaide or a Gold Coast or someone along those lines that's developing and needs the time to compose themselves. The great players are always composed. Mm. They don't need someone to stand exactly still on the mark so that they can kick the ball. You well, know, Dusty hardly even ever, you know, takes a set shot. He just <laughs> runs around the corner and kicks it. Does it anyway. He does it. Um, I mean, listen, the AFL have made mistakes before with rule changes. I mean, we had the whole substitute, you know, one person stay on the bench until whatever time where <laughs> needed. the bright green vest. Yeah, and then swap off with whoever and they can't play for the rest of the game. So they've made mistakes before in terms of rule changes. And maybe this rule will get reversed, maybe not. We'll see probably how they play it out in the season. Mm. And then maybe they might, cha- might change it next year, but... It's all in the up in the arms. We don't really know what the AFL are thinking because we're not in the AFL. You also really often see the umpires enforce some rules really strictly at the start of the season yeah. to get a point across when they brought in the rules about sliding in, making contact below the knees with a player trying to pick up the ball. They were really, really, really harsh on that at the start of the season because that had caused a lot of ACL yep. or knee problems or hyperextensions of the knees and that's obviously a rule that was brought in to protect the player so the umpires were super strict on that but as the season rolled on not so much you know they dropped off they they thought they'd made their point and maybe it didn't happen as often and yeah, that's why they didn't have that. to call it yeah, as often possible but who knows that might be really strict on this rule at the start and then back off as the season goes on in my opinion that would be ideal if they backed off yeah, well, this throws a span into the works and we'll see how it plays out in the new season. Well, Nisha, yes. you're two points Jump behind off. in the tipping against you and me. There's nothing stakes. I feel like we should put some stakes in for the men's league, I'm going to be honest. Not that it's we should have done it for the women's, it's just that it was too late to do it for the women's when yeah. we did it. So I feel like we should put like a $20 bet in for the men's when it happens. Anyway. Or you can just buy me dinner or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we should do that. Because last time I tried to put a bet down for dinner, I lost completely. Yep. So Nice special dinner for Nisha when Jarvis tries to put money on it or bets on. Trying to buy a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, a whole nother story. Anyway. This is footy tipping. Let's focus. Anyway, round six. Um, we're going to start out with Richmond coming off their massive win. Um, against uh, Cats um, facing Kangaroos who came off their win against your team (laughs) Carlton Nish who you got for the first round I'm going to go with the Kangas I think any team that can beat Carlton can also beat Richmond no offence Richmond (laughs) 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 Um, yeah North for me 
Yeah, Richmond had a really good game, but it was against the Cats, and we know that the Cats have not played the best season and probably will continue not to play the best season. North Melbourne are a top side of the Women's League, and there's no doubt in my mind that the Kangas will not win this game. So, yeah. Awesome. Next up, we've got Lions versus Giants. Who have you got? Um, again, um, Giants love to play that scrappy game, which I think we saw against the Bulldogs as well. Um, but I don't think the Lions will... Um, fall to the Giants this day. Um, I think they're just, again, top side. So, yeah, Lions for me. I am also going with the Lions. Um, same deal. I think they've got too much strength through the midfield and they'll probably just dominate possession. Yeah. Um, next match is going to be my favourite Adelaide Crows versus the Gold Coast Suns. Nish, who you got for this one? I'm going with your favourite, the Adelaide Crows. Um, too good. They're so skilled yeah. through that midfield the the bulk of you know compo- composed talented players that can handle the ball so cleanly you know just to name a few phillips marinov randall mm. um yeah ash woodland really picked up this season i think that you could keep going on and on um so yeah crows for me yeah i'm the same crows as well um i don't know if you can tell we've been really serious this time because now that we know that i'm ahead she's niche is going to be full like i don't care who we pick if we pick the same or not it's going to be this i'm winning this yeah um but yeah sons were did that did okay against the eagles but again not going to be a top side compared team, to the yeah. eagles so yeah um adelaide for me awesome the next re- uh match we have uh we have the demons taking on the saints yes who have you got Ooh, ooh, this is probably, it's going to be this game and then a game in the Sunday that is going to be probably the hardest to call. I think Melbourne will etch this out against St. Kilda. I think Melbourne have a tremendous side. I don't think they're, uh, who do they face? They face the Pies, which who have been on a roll. Um, I don't think their loss did them justice in what they could do. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be the Ds for me. I tend to agree with you there. I think St Kilda have actually dropped off a little bit. I Mm. don't know if you've been picking up on that much, but they were only able to score just the... Goal um, and two points. The one goal, two points against Adelaide. Obviously, Adelaide being top a top-caliber side. But I think Melbourne um, are one of those top-caliber sides and the Saints might struggle to score against them. And the defense with Daisy Pearce and Libby Birch, they, they tend to hold up pretty well. Yes, very much so. Um, on to the next game, which you should be very happy about. She Nish jumped in joy when she heard this fixture come out and saw <laughs> who the Carlton was playing. I was and it's going to be none other than the Geelong Cats. Um, Nish, who do you have for this match? Blues all the way. With the return of Maddie Press-Parkers, oh, I don't yeah. think anything can stop us now. Um, particularly not Geelong at our home ground, Icon Park. So we've got all the advantages on our side. Cats have obviously just lost Olivia Purcell and we have now got our star midfielder back just to tie everything together. And uh, can't wait to smash the Cats on the weekend. Yeah, I think you were really missing... Press Park and uh, Press Parkers, yes. Sorry, I wasn't making sure I'm making that the right name. Mm. Um, you really missed her last week against North. Um, I think she could have been the person to Don't flip the even switches. Don't talk to me about it. Don't it could even. have been. I when I watched that game, even though you didn't want to watch the end of it, I thoroughly enjoyed the game all the way through. I thought it was one of the best games of the week. 
Um, but I think your side did miss Press Parkus a lot and she could have been the factor yeah. that could have taken you over the line. We against lacked North the ability Melbourne. to clear the ball from stoppages. And exactly. That's exactly that's, Maddie's role. Yes. So. Um, but yeah, so I think I agree with you completely. There's no way Geelong are going to really put up too much of a fight. Especially, yes, come on the Blues. Um, with uh, their injury. Uh, so yeah, Blues for me. All right, and on a Sunday, Arvo, at Victoria Park, we'll have the Pies versus your dogs. Ooh, again, so this is the game I was talking about. Didn't want to spoil it, even though you probably already saw the fixture. <laughs> um, this is going to be the other game I think is going to be up in the air. Really, um, really interesting. The dogs haven't lost a game since their first loss match against, against St Kilda. Kilda which was and a fluke. And Collingwood are still on top table undefeated. Yeah, so this is where I think the dogs... I'm going to go with the dogs. I, I have to go with the dogs. It's four in a row. We're making a five in a row. Mm. Um, there's no way in the world that we can't beat Collingwood. I think they're the... If you want to be the premiership winners this year... You have to beat Collingwood. And mm. if we're able to do that, that's what I'm going with there. I think it's going to be a fun game. But, yeah, I'm going with the dogs. I think I am going to stick with the undefeated pies for Don't do this, this one. to me. Don't do this to me. Why? I have been thoroughly enjoying and, you know. <laughs> you sound so in despair when saying Well, enjoying. I am partly because Brianna Davey has been tearing yeah. up the competition and obviously being an ex-Carlton captain, it does leave me in a little bit of despair <laughs> because uh, I still wish she played for us. And um, oh, no. she's just been fantastic. And I do not think you've got someone that can run with her uh, along with Malloy. I think it's going to be interesting, but um, yeah, it's it's the pies for me. They've got too much talent, Benici and, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank here. No, that's a first. Oh, normally oh I'm goodness. the one drawing the plank. Come on, think, Nisha, think. Number 13, blonde hair. Oh. Jamie Lambert. Oh, she's she done got it. There. She's she got done there. it. I don't know why I forgot that. Jamie is an absolute star, and, and the the group they've got in there are so talented. So, Collingwood for me. It'll be a fun game, hopefully. That's all I'm hoping for was a fun game for that one. Last but not least. Battle of the West. That kind of surprised me. Um, <laughs> Battle of the West, West Coast Eagles versus the Fremantle Dockers. Now, I know how much you've been raving about the Dockers, so... But they did actually cop a loss on the weekend Ooh. at the hands of... Oh, my God, who did they play? <laughs> wow, do you watch your football? At the hands of the Lions. Ago? To be fair, again, not that I don't say top side a lot, but Lions are a top side, so yeah. it's a fair play by Dockers there. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with Frio. Too much talent in there. Um, again, when we were watching the, the Eagles uh, versus Suns game, they had uh, some issues controlling the ball, yep. picking up the ball cleanly, yep. staying composed. Yep. Um, and I think Frio, those are things that they excel in. So yeah, couldn't happy. agree more with that one. I don't think the Eagles have too much of a chance at uh, against the Fremantle Dockers, but it is at Optus Stadium, so hopefully the light show goes around and... <laughs> makes the game a little bit more interesting good, than it could be. It's so. good to see some of these games played in, in the big stadiums. Yeah. We saw the um, Bruce versus the Pies at Marvel the other week. Yeah, and and I'd love to see more of that. Even, yeah, I talked to Nish about this, and I think that football looks better when it's in a stadium. Now, I understand, like, you know, because of reasons, you have to have them in, like, kind of open fields or just at, like, their practice stadiums that they have mm. for future time. But when it's in a stadium and you see the seats behind them, empty or not, um, it looks... The, the 
look of football looks so great there. Yeah. So I can't wait for this. Well, it's what it's built for. And uh, exactly, yeah, yeah, it's built for the big time matches. And these girls are playing some bloody big time matches. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. That just about wraps it up for our fifth episode. And f- f- five. <laughs> I'd just like to say again, another big thank you for everyone tuning in. Um, would love it if you guys could do everything you can in terms of helping us out. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Five yeah. stars, please. And if you have your own top 40 moments of the week, send them through to our Instagram. Private, uh, DM us and, you know, maybe we'll put them on to the show because, you know, yeah. there's only so much recapping we can do and our funny moments and some people yeah. don't get the recognition that they deserve any thoughts um, yeah any thoughts feelings emotions send it through our instagram you can find us at after the siren podcast and again you can find us on twitter at after the siren underscore our individual social medias will be in the description yeah. and yeah. i think that's just about everything on the list i think so too we'll see you next week bye bye